1: In the final update from the NFL's annual owner meetings, we have comments from Katie Blackburn ranging from Joe Burrow's extension to the future of Joe Mixon and Jonah Williams. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, He's James Rapine. We are your host of Locked on Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow anywhere you get your podcasts. And that's the easiest way to join the First Listen Club, because you'll be notified or will be on your playlist when we upload our new content every day. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. You got some updates from Katie Blackburn, which is essentially like Mike Brown at this point, as far as owners' meeting comments go. We will hear, of course, from Mike Brown later on this year at Mock Turtle Soup Day, presumably. But until then, Katie Blackburn, proxy for ownership, speaking to a few reporters. Where are the owners' meetings this year? I was just about to say where Arizona. Arizona. And I don't know in Phoenix, and uh, commenting on the future of Joe Burrow and, and that extension, talking about Paycor Stadium, talking a little bit about Logan Wilson and T. Higgins, who changed his number, by the way, officially. Talked five, about maybe five. Jonah Williams talked about Joe Mixon, but of course, we're going to start with what what Katie described as you know one of the two biggest opportunities in the near future for the Bengals, the other one being the lease agreement for Paycor stadium. We're not starting there. We're t- starting of course with the Joe burrow extension and not, not a major update here, but a confirmation in a lot of ways of what we thought was going on. Right, James.
2: Yeah, I think, look, she was not going to break any news today. And Didn't if I thought, so? if I, if I thought, did she, that's a classic Duke Tobin line. So yeah. I love it. That, if I thought that was the case, my rear end would have been in Phoenix. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, shout out to the reporters that were there. I know Kelsey Conway, Jay Morrison, Jeff Hobson. I believe those were the ones that made the, the trek to Phoenix. And look, I, I think that the Bengals know, and this goes without saying, right, but how different it is now than it was four years ago before Joe Burrow entered the fold and when he was drafted in 2020, how things have changed. And even when they weren't winning in 2020, it felt different. You saw the difference in 21 certainly continued last year and, and continues in free agency and will in 2023 as he enters year four. And so they're going to get this done. And I, they can't come out and say that, but they know the importance of it for a variety of reasons. One of which, and this was brought up was the stadium lease part of this you can't go back and forth with Burrow too much and and make him play it out, which by the way, none of these star quarterbacks outside of Lamar, they all get done, right? Mahomes got done. Josh Allen got done. The guys in that tier seem to get done. Heck, even Kyler Murray got done. So
1: And Russell Wilson got done. I mean, you can so, keep naming guys. Quarterbacks get paid.
2: Th- they do. I, I was naming good quarterbacks though. Sorry, Russ. That, <laughs> that's And, and so when you have this stadium lease issue, when they clearly want to upgrade the facilities and that coming up at the county in 26, well, you want to get this done now and, and try to make it as team-friendly as possible for for success reasons. But there's also the the monetary part of it. The Bengals are much more interesting and important and relevant now than they've ever been. They've had a two-year run the past two years that they've never had in franchise history. And a lot of that has to do with Joe Burrow. So I think it gets done. And when you, you see her quotes, the, the thing that she was, and, and I know Jay wrote about this, a few of them, but and let me look here to be exact. Joe's got to be happy and we've got to be happy. And hopefully we can be happy together. I think they can find that middle ground in their all reasonable parties. We'll see if that happens. Is that an eight-year deal? Is that a four-year deal? I'm not sure. But uh, I'm, I'm still very bullish on it getting done this offseason.
1: I think that that is their number one priority between now and the beginning of the regular season. Obviously, you got the draft, and, and they're going to be dealing with stacking their draft board and navigating the draft, and they've got a little bit more to do in free agency. Like we talked about earlier this week, they're, they're still hosting the, some free agents from time to time. They're still looking for some depth in free agency, but – since the end of the year, until the beginning of next year, this is going to be this is going be the goal. This is going to be the, the number one priority for the front office. It's interesting that you called it a preliminary. you know they're starting to get a framework in place. She also said it's not something they're going to talk about a lot until they have something to talk about. So you know, at least from the team side of things, and probably honestly from both sides of things, in this case, just knowing how Joe Burrow likes to conduct his business largely outside of the public sphere, you're not going to see them negotiating through the media. It's going to probably be relatively quiet (laughs) until a deal gets stuck.
2: I will throw this out there. Katie, Duke, Troy, Mike, any of them. You want to come on Locked On Bengals and discuss it. Give us an update on discussions. Heck, you want to let our camera crew which we will have a camera crew if you give us a call oh, we will? Uh, in- into the discussion room oh we will we, we have a budget that happen okay 100 <laughs> percent. if they call and say hey we want y- you guys to have cameras in during these negotiations absolutely we will have a camera crew there uh, right now i'll send them right now so um i agree with you by the way we're not going to hear anything else from katie uh on these maybe ever honestly but as far as from the team side you might hear a Zach Taylor quote, a Duke Tobin quote during the pre-draft, his pre-draft availability, which will be you know, in a couple of weeks. But outside of that, it's going to happen when it happens. And it's going to be a big number. I know that much, but it shouldn't be negotiated through the media. That's when things get ugly. And, and I don't think either side, they have one common interest, getting it done. There's no animosity, and I don't think either side's really questioning the other one. The Bengals believe in Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow believes in the Bengals, and that's that's a heck of a place to start because some of these negotiations that have went haywire, it's because oh, well, there's a little doubt here, a little doubt there. I don't think either party has any doubts about marrying the other one, so to speak, for the foreseeable
3: future.
1: And you've seen the organization change in in some significant ways, at least apparently change. Uh, Katie also talked about the NFLPA report, which I don't know if we're going to have much time to dive into, but, you know, she talked about, you know, we saw it and felt like, okay, good, we're we're addressing those. So speaking of things that they're doing to improve, you know, improving the stadium, changing the way they approach free agency, uh, doing more in terms of upfront money and, and bigger signing bonuses than they've ever done, building the indoor facility. They are modernizing in many ways, not all the ways we want them to, yet but you're seeing the organization change and evolve alongside Joe Burrow so they are doing a lot of their part to bolster the organization with a franchise quarterback who's looking for that sort of commitment obviously as he is very dedicated to winning and the organization needs to be similarly dedicated to winning to to keep that going right that was part of the issue with Carson Palmer and what caused that relationship to fracture what 18 years no 17 years ago? How long ago was it? 15 years ago? 2010.
2: So, Sorry, right. 13 years ago. It was after the 2010 season, after the Ocho show when they were – it was one of the most disappointing teams in franchise history. And and so then Carson leaves and they start changing. And it, it's really been sagas, right? At uh, 03, they, they had changed a, a significant amount yeah. for Marvin. I mean, from what they were in the 90s. Then again, you're right, in 2011, it certainly was a changing of the guard. And then 2020, I think those are the three of the past two and a half decades. Those are the three times you could look at and say, oh, those were big pivot points for Mm -hmm. the franchise. And they improved each and every time.
1: And and like I said, they're not doing everything that fans would like to see. And that's a conversation for another day, but they're doing a lot of the things. And and I think they're doing some of the things that they feel are most important in, in terms of helping the team have success on the field. Katie also weighed in on some extensions. Talked about Logan Wilson, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase a little bit, not a ton. So we'll talk about that in addition to some other player futures, Jonah Williams, Joe Mixon, coming up next.
2: Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book because right now, if you're a first-time user, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's what, up to $1,000. In free bets back if you lose your first bet. So if you want to wager on the NBA, maybe you want to wager on the NFL draft. Well, there's only four teams left in the tournament. You can wager on all of those things and so much more by going to fanDuel.com/slash locked on. Their app is safe, super easy to use, secure. And if you haven't tried it, you might as well take advantage of their no-sweat first bet right now. So Go there, fanduelcom slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join
3: Fanduel today. Make every moment more with Fanduel. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state coverage options are selected by the customer availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state.
1: James really quick one note that I wanted to hit before we talk about some of those extensions and some of those player futures was a note from a Jeff Hobson article, I think yesterday talking about, yeah, it was yesterday talking about Irv Smith. And I was just thinking as we were talking about how much a franchise has changed with Joe Burrow's arrival, uh, the direct comparison of certain talking heads who said Joe Burrow should force his way to Miami. Yes. Um, And Irv (laughs) Smith chose the Bengals directly over the Dolphins, according to Jeff Hobson's report, betting on Burrow, taking, who knows, similar deal, less money. We don't know yet. We don't know what his deal looks like yet, but it just made me think about that. And then today, as I was browsing Twitter, there was the old playoff wind route, And I think Miami is the second longest playoff wind drought in the nfl which is uh shorter only than the cleveland browns i think they are 22 years the browns are mm-hmm. i think in the 30s now um yeah and, and it just it was just a funny little note that popped into my head with the irv smith thing the direct comparison we're talking about the joe burrow extension now to a did, didn't get his fifth year's option picked up and sounds like they don't intend to, and, and it's just funny to look back on that whole... And Chua did. They picked up his fifth year. Oh, they did? They did. But to your point...
2: No, it's okay. But to your point, it is a full circle moment. Because it was literally, oh man, there's no way Joe Burrow should go to Cincinnati. That's a place where quarterbacks go to die, even though a second-rounder in and Andy Dalton performed really well for years here. And Carson Palmer, I know he left kicking and screaming, but if you remember 2005, it was literally Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Carson. Like he was being mentioned amongst those guys. And so to me was Burrow a perfect fit. Absolutely. But I I think Burrow, because he's intelligent, looked at it and said, Oh, well, there's more to it than this is just an awful place and all of those things. And it never really entertained the Miami thing, but yeah, you're right. It is a full circle moment and it's, Wild to think of, again, a, a 24-year-old deciding to not j- rejoin the, his Alabama teammates, his quarterback, that helped him become a second-round pick, mm-hmm. a, a wide receiver in Jalen Wilde, who's one of the fastest players in the NFL. You got Tyreek Hill. All of these things that make sense. They have a need at tight end. It's not like they you couldn't look at it and say, all right, well, there's a need there. But part of it's Joe Burrow. Part of it's the state of the franchise. And, and the other part of it is I think the Bengals use their tight ends – better and more often at least their primary tight end than the Dolphins did with Mike Gesicki. and you look at that and it's obvious why he came to Cincinnati but uh, not many 24 year olds I don't think would uh, pick Cincinnati over Miami but uh, I'm glad he did anyways let's, let's get into some of these extensions yeah. T Higgins and uh, you know um, I almost said Jonah Williams no not Jonah Logan Wilson two guys that uh, Katie Blackburn says want, they want to keep around for a while
1: Yeah, that's where it started. She said, they're great guys. We love having, want to have for a a while, a long time on our team. It's just a process that always plays out. We'll be looking at all the options and alternatives and thinking about what we might be able to get done. So sort of similar to to what we've heard about them with other players. I don't expect there to be major exceptions for T. Higgins and Logan Wilson insofar as the team is going to come up with a value for them. They're going to offer the contract. It, it may not change a ton from from what the initial offer is when they go back and forth in negotiations. And if they can come together on a price that they like, they're going to try to get those deals done. They, they like having them. They want to have them on the team. Similar things were said about Jesse Bates. They couldn't get that deal done. We'll see if these two are different. And, and there's reason to believe that they could be different. Uh, but some complicating factors, of course, w- with both of these, James, that I think are worth talking about in Logan Wilson's case they just paid Jermaine Pratt. And it's not a huge mm-hmm. contract for Jermaine Pratt, but they're paying $7 million a year to a linebacker. And in T. Higgins' case, it's the knowledge that you know Jamar Chase is eventually going to also command huge, huge money at the wide receiver position. And in fact, Katie even said when asked about keeping the big three of Burrow, Higgins, and Chase together, you know, we'll find out there are so many things that will come into play. We'll play it by ear as we go and do the best we can and see where we get to which isn't necessarily her saying, we're going to do everything we can to get it done. But I I think they are aware of their situation, right? Like they're aware Mm -hmm. of what they have there. They know the value that they have in those guys. And obviously tons of things can change in the NFL from year to year, from week to week. But you would still imagine this doesn't change the way that I perceive their approach to prioritizing those three guys.
2: Yeah, I think – the Pratt thing's interesting. If, if you look at the Pratt deal, I think it could fit with a Logan Wilson extension, and it wouldn't, depending on what Wilson wants, of course. But it could fit, and could you make that work if for Negley, Yeah, I, I don't want to go in on Pratt's contract too much, but I think you could make that work. But the T-Chase juggle, it's tough. Because if you if you can get T at $22 million per, it's one thing on a shorter term, if he wants 25 26 wants to be paid like it, and he's got the same agent as Jesse Bates and, and David Mulligetta, if he, if he's asking for you know reset the market type money it is going to be hard to reset the market this year which and then reset it again next year mm-hmm. and, and it when you're talking and, like
1: 29 30 million dollars and i
2: i just wonder i wonder how that that works and i I see T Higgins being here this year and next year. And if I'm him and I look at it, a three-year deal, four-year deal, you're 24 now, get some money now, but you could also cash in again before you're mm-hmm. 30. And and so that's the beauty of it. And I, I think we'll see, but I, I I don't know. Does he go the Bates route? Does he not? That that's That's the dilemma. Regardless, I think he'll be here the next two years. I think they will tag him. And meanwhile, for Chase, if Joe Burrow's the the franchise, then then Chase is sitting right next to the franchise always. I mean, he's so valuable and such a, an important part of the team and such a star that I think they, they will kind of have to reset the market with him whenever that time comes, and you certainly hope it's next offseason. And so that's why I think the Bengals, when they talk about these things, they don't speak in – great absolutes because there's a lot of unknown, but they know how valuable all of them are. And I go back to the last time Mike Brown talked mock turtle soup day before the 2022 season. He's like, Oh, we see the light at the end of the tunnel here where we're going to have to pay these guys and we want to mm-hmm. keep them here. And he was very blunt about that. And so I, I don't think that's changed at all. And so we'll see if they can, can keep the trio together. T obviously Boyd or uh, not Boyd, <laughs> obviously chase and, and then Joe as well.
1: And then Logan Wilson is, uh, we'll, we'll see where he fits into the picture, right? I mean, they're talking about, you, you know, we would like to get that done, and I think they would like to get that done. It might wait. Like, all of this might wait for Joe Burrow, first and foremost. And in the case of Logan Wilson, you, what's your feeling, I guess? What, what percentage chance would you give that Logan Wilson has an extension before the season starts? Because that's when they would happen. It's like beginning a training camp, right? That's when the Bengals usually do these kinds of extensions.
2: Yeah, and and I I think I think there's a decent chance because Burrow is you're right is as option one. I think Higgins is going to be tough to get done. We'll see, but I mm-hmm. think that one could be kind of hard. And so mm-hmm. then you pivot and you look at that Pratt deal. I'm telling you, I I think that it would be pretty friendly. Now the Bengals might go the same route with Wilson and just say, hey man, play this year out, and then we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes, which wouldn't be the end of the world. It certainly wouldn't. I mean, I thought that they would try to get an extension done this off season. I still think they will. So I'll say 50, 50, mm. but
1: it either happens or it doesn't.
2: What do you think? I don't wise? know.
1: I, I I felt like they would prioritize it and then they re-sign Jermaine Pratt. And then that really, I, I don't think screwed that that my perception of things. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's, I think it's got to weigh into it a
2: little bit just because it's it's $7 million a year. I think they're less desperate now to to do it. Sure. Yeah. Like you would want to keep one of those two guys.
1: Right. Like to Mm. me, it was like a priority for sure. And then now it's more like if we can get it done, you know? Which is a great place to be in during the, the negotiations. Speaking of. Some guys that uh, the Bengals have some decisions to make that we haven't talked about yet, and some of the bigger names that were discussed by Katie Blackburn and Phoenix, Joe Mixon, Jonah Williams, the future for both of those guys there. Some more clues, and I I think more confirmation that things, despite maybe from the outside looking like they have changed, are kind of following the same path that we thought they were at the beginning of this offseason. We'll finish the show there coming up next.
0: or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
2: Let's start with Joe Mixon and the uncertainty surrounding number 28. And uh, shout out to to Kelsey Conway for transcribing this quote here. She said, you never know where Katie Blackburn said on Joe Mixon, you never know where things can go. But right now he's there, i.e. on the roster. And we're going to plan like that until something different would happen for whatever reason. Like I said, I don't want to say anything's happening because that's not fair. But you point out some things that at some point you might have to look at maybe so i don't want to say that that can never happen but i don't want to imply that that's happening and she went on but it's it's similar to what duke tobin said at the combine jake Did, do like,
1: you hear any conviction in that quote i not mean not really it, it waffles i
2: can't hear it right i can't hear it to you know and yeah um, that We don't, we don't have the inflection But she said, I don't want to send any message one way or another because I don't think that would be fair. Right now, he's our starting guy. You've seen other teams have to make moves. Could we get to that point? Maybe. But it would be down the road here, and we'd have to see if that makes sense or not. I look at that, and let's just do this. Let's just say the Bengals at the Combine were like, all right. We're going to land one of these veteran backs, whether it's just keep P. Ryan or someone else in free agency and be able to move on from Mixon. Well, that didn't happen. So shouldn't this sound different? It doesn't sound different. I think the Bengals look at this draft class and they're like, man, we could get younger here, certainly cheaper at this position. And I still think it's very much on the table that if Joe Mixon doesn't take a pay cut, they would love to have him if Joe Mixon doesn't take a pay cut, that uh, that they move on. And he, she said nothing to change that. And so I think what's going to happen after the draft, maybe before, but certainly after Jake, is the Bengals call Peter Schaefer, Joe Mixon's agent, and say, all right, Joe, you're willing to take a pay cut this year? And if the answer is no, then I, I think we have our answer on what happens with him.
1: I think that the Bengals are also honestly waiting for Joe Mixon's legal situation to gain some clarity at sure. least the way that, that Jay Morrison reported it. She, she didn't comment specifically about what was going on with Mixon in the legal system, but related to that, you know, she's, she said essentially, I think he's got a lot of great production in him, so I hope his other issues get resolved in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So, so I think they're they're kind of waiting there a little bit. He didn't help his might,
2: cause being in the news. I'll say that. That does not, not help.
1: Not for those reasons. But whenever a team says right now, he's our guy, that right now qualifier, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a bit of a kiss of death. That's, a, that's an ominous thing to have in front of your name when when a decision maker about your football team is talking about your role on the team. Right now, he's our starting guy. Right now. He's Can you imagine
2: story. if imagine if they had said that about T. Higgins, about the trade stuff, right? Like you ask, yeah. hey, are you going to trade T.? Well, right now he's one of our starting outside receivers, and we feel really good about him. No, it was like <laughs> trade T. They're not saying, ha, cut, Joe. They're not saying that. And so it's certainly on the table. Now, could it be off the table at some point? Could something happen? Could he take a pay cut? Certainly. And honestly, that would not be a bad thing. I think Joe Mixon on the team is not bad. I want to reiterate that because I think people have made it out to be you're a villain if you think that they're going to cut Mixon. That's not the case. But I think that's how the team feels. It. Yeah. Clearly, clearly considering it. She can't come out and say that either, but it's he knows it. Everybody knows it.
1: I'm, I'm honestly surprised they've said as much as they've said about it by trying not to say anything about it. They, they've said so much about where they're at on mixing. I'm surprised we've gotten this level of uncertainty around it and murkiness around it from a team that's like usually pretty savvy about that sort of thing, right? And
2: here's a prime example, and it's a good segue to Jonah Williams. After the Combine, or at the Combine, but after Duke talked and Zach talked, I was talking with Paul Daner Jr., And we were talking about Jonah Williams. And it was like, yeah. And Pollock had talked to. Frank Pollock had talked to. And Paul's like, you notice how they didn't just throw their weight completely behind Jonah? And we get it. The Orlando Brown Jr. thing came in out of nowhere. But they weren't like, he is our left tackle. It wasn't the same way way it was a couple years ago where he was like, oh, no, he's our left tackle. They weren't as bullish on him. And they found an upgrade. right? I'm not saying the Bengals are going to i don't even know who it would be they're not going to go out and sign the the running back that way but it it certainly sounds like that they're non-committal on joe mixon's future and i think it's going to come down to the money will he take a pay cut or not
1: they love drafting second round running backs that could be what they mean maybe it's not signing a guy it's investing a premium pick israel abenakanda I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about Pitts Pro Day today, but it appears no. that Israel Abanakanda and Kalaja Kansi both have fantastic testing numbers, I think, in Abanakanda. We'll save it States. for Mock Draft Monday.
2: It, yeah. I, have a, I have a feeling that we might be landing some Pitt Panthers
1: again. Well, we, we can one. certainly talk about Kalaja Kansi anyway. But on the topic of Jonah Williams and, and the trade request, it's sort of more of the same. Katie Blackburn expectedly towing the company line. It is her company after all. We're going to try to get our best team out there. We we hear his concerns, but at the end of the day, we'll have to see where it plays out. And If he's here, we're going to get our best five guys out there that hopefully makes us the best we can be, speaking about getting the best five offensive linemen into the lineup at the same time. She didn't rule out a trade. She said maybe there are trades you actually make. It can depend. Sometimes it's after the draft because you don't get something in the draft. Then you do the trade. It's all dependent on the circumstances. You have to weigh the options and try to make a decision that's going to make the team better. It sounds like to me, until something changes, Mm -hmm. they're probably going to want Jonah Williams on the team. But in, in a scenario we've talked about, if they feel good about their right tackle options, either because they've drafted a guy or something else happens, that's where I think they open themselves up to a trade. She kind of framed it as like, Oh, if we if we didn't fill something in the draft that we thought we would, then maybe we look at a trade. But and I know that they're going to want to make themselves better as part of this. But it does feel well, like they might be waiting for something here before they're comfortable really trading Jonah.
2: Two things: one, Darnell Wright, or Anton Harrison would be great, or you know, or DeJuan Jones for for those that are you know are still in on him at twenty eight. Someone like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or. Well, honestly, it has to be an and. Because when she's talking about what you don't get in the draft, I think she's talking about other teams. The Bengals value Jonah Williams. And this just backs that up. They're not going to give him away. They know the cap number. They're aware of that. They also think he's a starting right tackle. And so in their heads, I think the PA announcer at Paycor Stadium, week one, assuming they open up at home, will say, and starting at right tackle, and announce Jonah Williams, and he'll come running out. On draft night, could that change after the 28th pick? It's certainly likely. Or, you know, possible, not likely, possible. And so then maybe they do make the deal. And and that's the interesting part of this is we will monitor this all through the draft. Mm -hmm. Because if they get, even if they draft a a tackle in the second round, maybe it's, you know, uh, Freeland from BYU. That might give them enough confidence to say, okay, well, we can unload Jonah for a day two pick and we weren't as confident in doing that before, but now we can, and we can address this area, and we feel better about our roster overall. So it's uh, certainly interesting, but, uh, you know, I, I think that they, they were able to land Orlando Brown Jr. They don't feel bad about having to move Jonah, even though he, it sounds like he had some hurt feelings, mm-hmm. and they expect him to be over it and, and ready to go when it's time to go at, at right tackle.
1: Yeah, that was Kelsey Conway, right? Reporting that from a source close to the situation, that Jonah Williams wasn't informed that they were going to go try to yeah. bring in. Orlando. you want me to Brown, read it? Or, or that he was, they were considering moving him to right tackle. That's that's pretty much the gist of it. He was uh, blindsided. Blindsided. There you go. Kel- Kelsey's yeah. word choice. Blindsided by the news. I
2: don't know. Was it? Or was that what they the source said? I have to text Kelsey and ask her because that's hilarious. If that's a funny, <laughs> it's a funny word choice. Jonah's camps like. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Jonah, and I get, you know, we, we I mean, do too. You know, I know you do. I just, uh, oh, <laughs> he was blindsided by this. Well, that's ironic.
1: No, P- part of this, by the way, that, that I just <laughs> want to throw out there from, from Katie's comments is this is also probably a bit of posturing, right? If they're not getting the kinds of offers they want for Jonah Williams, maybe they're getting like six round offers, oh. fifth round offers.
2: Starting at um, right tackle.
1: Jonah Williams. Some of this could be trying to, to make in public her position clear, which is we're not going to take less than what we're asking for. If, if that's that what part. they're
2: getting, if that's what they're getting, I think, and this might be a take. This is why you come to lockdown Bengals. If that's what they're getting, Jonah Williams will be on the roster. Even if they draft Harrison or Jones mm-hmm. or, or Wright, Like they're not going to just give him away for some practice squatter. And that's how they would view a sixth rounder. Like that doesn't really help you. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. Now that that would mean Low Collins the, is likely gone. But the, the reason mean, you I would, would do it
1: keep Jonah. The reason you would do it is if you you decide you need that cap space. So you get cheaper the position, you get younger the position. You decide you need that cap space right now for an extension. That would be why they would do that at that point in time. Uh. And I just but, don't think that
2: they would put themselves in that position where that was the only thing they could do to get an extension. Dock. Probably not.
1: That's not the way they operate at all. No, like they they don't operate where they're gonna do last minute things to create cap space. That would be stuff like restructures, stuff like post June June one cuts. They don't do on they don't do that stuff. So, I mean, they they plan their cap out way in advance so they don't have to do it. At least that's what they would tell you, and that's certainly consistent with their approach. And so. Anyway, that's about it from the owners' meetings in Phoenix. We will be back tomorrow with a bit of a film discussion. We're going to talk about the Bengals' new signings. Orlando oh. Brown, Irv Smith, Nick Scott with our guy Mike at Bengals underscore Sands to talk about how those guys fit into the future for the Cincinnati Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members.